Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. You know, it's interesting. For our regular members of this church, we have some incredible people in this church. There are some incredible, there are a lot of incredible people of God in this church. And uh, our mission here is up in and out. Relationship with God, relationship with others, and sharing our grace stories. And that's pretty much what I'm here to share with you today is some more of my life, some more of what I've been experiencing as I come into this relationship with God, which has been completely incredible. But there's a lot of people. We have pastors in our church. You got Heather. You got people who have been walking with God forever, like Luke. I think Luke still has his sandals from when they started. But... uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, there's no blues here. There were no blues here today, right? So I thought, this is so good. I could say whatever I want, and I'm going to get away with murder. And then TJ and McKenna show up. And now I have to curtail my, I'm not going to cuss today, though. So, but, well, yeah, there is a chance one's going to fly out of there. This is about being uncomfortable. So, but two or three weeks ago, I was going to do this little sermon I put together on uh, being thankful and grateful because we forget about it and the small miracles that happen every day and, and being uh, uncomfortable and being grateful about it. I just want to check something here. My ADD has been off the wall the last week, so this could go anywhere. But um, uh, most of us aren't as thankful as we should be. And we take the little things for granted. We take little things that happen every day for granted. But if you look up thank, thankful in a dictionary, it actually lists Thanksgiving as a, a day set apart for giving thanks to God. And I'm going to talk in a little while about how we really don't do that anymore. But we do enjoy this holiday, but very, very few of us actually take that day to be thankful. Grateful acknowledgement of benefits or favors and expression of thanks especially to God. A public celebration and acknowledgement of divine favor or kindness, and again, the act of giving thanks to God. Unfortunately, in our society nowadays, they've removed a lot of God from things, which just blows me away. But in the dictionary, they still have them in there. Uh, gratitude, when you feel gratitude, you're pleased with what someone has done for you. Or what I want to talk today about is being grateful for what God has done for you. Uh, all over the Bible, it talks about being grateful and thankful. I just pulled two, two verses out of there. Psalm 107, 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And Colossians, I always say that wrong. Uh, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Those are some of the things that I want to talk about today. We have small miracles every day that we take for granted. Every day you wake up, it's a miracle. There's no guarantee you're going to wake up. You know, so every day you wake up, it's a miracle. Your heart beats, the sun comes up, we take that for granted. So many of us get up in the morning, get out of bed and start complaining already about, oh man, I got to get up and go to work. Or you complain about this, you complain about that. But if you really think about the miracle that happens every day, that you wake up, 
Be thankful and grateful. You know, uh, my wife's favorite, Denzel Washington, I was watching a, a commencement speech he gave, and he puts his alarm clock under his bed so that every morning when he gets up, he has to get on his knees to shut his alarm off. And it reminds him to thank God every day for what God's done in his life. And those are the types of things that we take for granted every day. I hurt my neck years ago and couldn't feel my hands for seven and a half months. It was terrible. Almost every morning I wake up and thank God I could feel my hands again. So we really need to think about the things that God's doing for us every day and stop discounting it, you know. Um, how to be thankful. Thessalonians 5.18. I do everything out of New Living Translation. And there I put NLV for some reason. I, I put this together at 1.30 yesterday, or this morning. So I wait, not like waiting till the last minute. But uh, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for who, for, will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. I was literally sitting at my little desk in the garage last night waiting for God to let me know what he wanted me to talk about today. And this is what we came up with. Uh, James 1, John talked last week about James. So the week before, I had read John all week. So this week, I decided to read James all week. And it was amazing to me how everything I thought about sharing today, James was talking about. So a lot of the, the verses I'm using today are out of James. Uh, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It's just like anything in business. Years ago, everything I talked about was business, business, business. Now everything I talk about is Jesus. But the two coincide. Uh, a mentor that I had in my life when I was young that really made an impact on my life used to say, change is inevitable, growth is optional. And it's the same thing with God. Things are going to happen every day. Things are going to continue to happen in your life. And you got to lean into God and be grateful and thank him for those because it's, it's making us uncomfortable. It's causing us to grow. Whether you realize it or not, that uncomfort is giving you experience so that you could move on to the next level in your life. And it's a nudge because something always comes out of these bad experiences. I talk about, um, I put some examples up here. Moses, Joseph, Esther, Job, and me. I thought that was funny. The, because uh, <laughs> when I met John Blue, he told me to start reading James or John or Matthew, whatever it was, I don't remember. But um, I told him, no, what is your favorite book? What part of the Bible do you like? And he told me, well, read Job. And I read Job. And it was amazing what I had gone through in my life. I literally felt like I was Job. And it just, it was overwhelming to me. But if we would stop, whenever things are uncomfortable or when there's a problem, you're stopping what God has in plan for you. So stop looking at the bad of what's happening. Lean into God and think about the joy that's going to be on the other side of whatever this storm you're going into. If we start focusing on the joys and stop focusing on the problems, I think we'd all have a much happier life. Moses, for instance, was uh, going to be all the babies were being killed. Mom put him down the river, right, thinking, oh, my God, I'm losing my son, but I hope he'll be safe. She's praying. He goes to the princess or the pharaoh's daughter, and she takes Moses, and then 
chooses his mom to raise him. He goes on to lead the Jewish people out of Egypt, right? Look what happened to him. Same thing with Joseph. Look what Joseph's brothers did to him. Look where Joseph ended up. I think, what, 15, 20 years in prison. He was thrown in a hole. He was sold as a slave. He never, ever stopped trusting God. When those things happened to him, he dug his roots in deeper and stayed, stayed in with God. And look where he ended up. He saved, he saved his whole people. That's what all the stories in the Bible are about. Esther, same thing. Esther was often orphaned, taken in by her uncle, given to the king as a wife, and she ends up going on to save her people again. It's the same thing in our lives. These things happen so that we could gain experience out of them and trust God on what's coming on the other side because there's a plan. If you read through the Bible or read through some of these stories, you'll see it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. And I think it's all done that way because each story is going to reach different people. Some of you in here today might be thinking, man, what is John putting this guy up here again for? But there's someone in here today that I'm going to change their heart. And that's what I'm praying for. Job, we all know the story of Job. You know, gave everything to God, had everything, had riches, had everything. The devil decided to test him. God let him do it, took everything away from him. Job would never sell out. His wife told him to sell out. His friends told him to sell out. He would not sell out. God came through, did what had to be done, and he had riches beyond what he had had before. The same, I, I jokingly put myself in there. I don't think I rate to be up there with these people. But I had a lot of things happen. You know, a business go down after 23 years I was in it. I had health problems. All these things happen. And then John Blue comes along, and God calls me. And now I realize that all that happening was so that I could be here today to share this word with you. All those things led me up and gave me the content I needed to be able to share my life. So my walk with God has been incredible, and hopefully you get some of what I've been experiencing today. I'm going to end this with my favorite verse uh, because it just overwhelms me at times. And the, the, I think it's casting crows, casting crowns that I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that saved my soul. Every time I hear that song, it breaks me up because I feel like that's my life. But the, the difference was I was willing to give it up. When God called, I turned right and gave it up. We don't give it up. That's one of the things I'm going to talk about today. And I think we're very good at being unthankful. And I'm going to say some things that may get some of you mad at me and, like I said, may chase some of you out of here and uh, – it's going to be interesting. But in Philippians, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. The Bible tells us over and over and over to be thankful and grateful. The reality of it is we are really good at being unthankful and ungrateful. If you think about it, every day... I challenge everybody to be good at being unthankful because if you pay attention to it, you're going to realize how unthankful you are, and then hopefully it will cause you to be thankful. Every day we, we go out, we complain, we gossip, we talk about people. We do all these things every day, but then we go out and tell everybody we're Christians. You know, If you really, really, I challenge everybody to take an inventory, keep a journal, Every day of things you do to people 
and at the end of a week, read it. And see how many people you slighted, see how many people you talked about, see how many people you cussed at. It'll blow you away. I did, it, I did this about three weeks ago because I thought, oh, I'm this Mr. Holy guy now. I walk with God, blah, blah, blah. And then I started taking a journal of all the things I did that I actually was embarrassed that, man, I'm still doing that. You know? But I, I promise you, if you do some of the things I'm going to talk about today, God will change you and that will stop. I think a lot of us, I say this all the time, we, our normal nature is what we want, what our body's telling us, I want this, I want this, I want this, and then your brain tells you, oh, go get it. All those things. It's, it's like anything, dieting, relationships, whatever. We know what we should do, but we go and do what we want to do. As you come into relationship with God and do some of the things I'm going to talk about today, I have found that God takes control and it goes the other way. God gets in your, in your brain, you get connected with him, and then he starts telling you, hey, do this, do this, and you'll find a change. But I encourage all of you to become aware of it. Start taking inventory on your own life. It's just like our health. We all talk about dieting. We all talk about getting in better shape, but we don't do anything about it, most of us. Some of us are very diligent about it. But your body's your temple. It's the same thing with your relationship with God. We talk about having a relationship with God, but how many of us actually do something every day to have a relationship with God? Um, in James 1, 22 to 24, but just don't listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's why we have, it's going to talk about religion. Is your religion worthless? I don't think I'm a religious person. I have an incredibly strong faith. When I'm out sharing the word every day, people always say, oh, you religious type. Says, I'm not religious. I have a very strong faith. I'm trying to walk that walk. I'm trying to talk that talk. But when we, when we say we're Christians and we go out in the world and we're cussing people out or we're cutting someone off or we're not opening the door for somebody, little things. Tell somebody thank you. Say hello to someone, how are you, and actually look them in the eye and say, how are you today? You will be amazed the impact you'll make on somebody. It's little, 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 little things. I was listening to a sermon this week. I'm over the top with this God thing, I got to tell you. You're going to find out a little more. But I'm listening to this sermon, and they say, being holy is becoming aware of what you're doing in your life that would not be satisfying to God. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, because we all preach it, but we don't walk it as much as we should. And verse 23, for if you listen to God's word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I'll run into someone and say, oh, I'm on this great walk with God, and then go off to the old Eddie. And, they, and when you walk away, they're thinking, really? You know, but we don't think about all that. I, I, I just always tell everybody, look, start being aware of what you're preaching and start practicing it. And uh, everything will change. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourselves and your religion is worthless. That's right back. I kind of went out of line. I talked about it and then read it. But the, uh, it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's almost being hypocritical. We talk about self-righteous people. We talk about the hypocrisies of Christianity. What John does up here every week is to try to get us to not do that. He wants to make disciples out of all of us. He wants us all to have a walk with God. He wants us all to be 
to bear fruit and be a light for people. So become aware of what you're doing because it will surprise you. At least I found out in my life. To me, the start of being uncomfortable is getting into a relationship with God for a lot of people. I've, I've sat down with a lot of you in church. I've sat down at a lot of men's groups. I am what John talks about every week. And I don't, I'm not, I don't want this to be about me. What we always do, it's all about the flesh. And it really should be about the spirit that's in us trying to come out. If you look at flesh backwards, it says self. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about what we're called to do for God. So we got to put ourselves aside. It's like when someone's going to start a new job or if you're going to start a diet, and it's kind of uncomfortable at first because, oh, i got to change what I'm going to eat so we can complain about it. Don't look at the fact that you got to complain about what you eat. Think about how much healthier you're going to be. It's the same. You start a new job. Somebody offers you a new job with a new company. What do we do for the most part? We go learn as much about the company as we can and try to get as much information about the company as we can so that we go into that job, we know everything, and we're in a good position. But then we talk about coming into a relationship with God, but we don't do anything to gather all the information. We don't do anything to have a relationship with him. I think they parallel incredibly. Uh, John 19, 21. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God as planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save our souls. I can tell you this. I, that was me. Heidi could tell you. I'm really quick to talk. I rarely listen. I have an opinion on everything. I used to get angry a lot. I don't really, I hardly ever get angry anymore. And I'm, I'm listening better. People around me say, man, what's the difference in you? How come all of a sudden you're this mellow, calm, you know, it's because I've opened up my heart and I've let God in. And that's what I, I want to challenge everyone to do. It's like starting new habits. The reason we do this is, who is this about? It's about Jesus. It's not about us, right? Why? Because we're co-workers in God's service. John talked about that last week. That's what I'm talking about when I brought up the, the parallel with the company. When you go to work for that company, you want to know their product line. You want to know everything about the company. How come we don't know anything about God? You know, talk about being uncomfortable. I have a friend. His name is Var. He is what I call a street evangelist. Var shares the word with people all throughout the week. We email back and forth stories of the people we've reached that week. And we have a completely different way about us. I'm kind of subtle. I'll make jokes. You guys all know this one. Everybody know this one? Everybody needs a little Jesus. I carry this little Jesus with me all the time. My son asked me the other day, how do you remember to keep switching that in your jeans every day? I don't even think about it. I just know every day I don't leave the house without a little Jesus. And then I'll feel it and it reminds me, whoo, you're not acting like Jesus today. But, and for the kids, he's checking his Instagram, if you could see that, so he knows what you're doing on there. But uh, be careful. <laughs> when, when, I, when I talked earlier about God coming into your brain and taking over, it's really about putting the bad out and taking the good in, right? 
We don't want to misrepresent God. That's why I think I get so nervous when I get the opportunity to share. It's like our children. My, my wife, thank God, she has done a wonderful job with our children because without her, they would not be as polite and nice as they are. But if you notice children, everybody, oh, look at the child. Everybody loves children, right? But then you get that child who's rude. You give him something. He doesn't thank you. You say hello. They don't say hello. Unfortunately, it's becoming more and more prevalent in our society because their parents aren't instilling these things in them. But when you see that child, that doesn't say thank you and is rude and walks away and is out of order. It's like, oh, man, whose kid is that? Well, that's us. You claim to be a Christian, and you walk around doing things that God would not want you to be doing. When you walk away, people are like, oh, God, what Christian is that? You know, what church did he come from? That's the problem, I think, with our society today. There was a study I was reading about a week ago that talked about how uh, people of faith, atheists, and uh, what's it, agnostic, is that it? There's no difference in their lives. If you looked in a city and knew who was who, there's no difference in how they're acting. Because when we leave church, normally we leave God. And we talk about the fact that we're Christians, but we go on on our normal life. No one would, would anyone know? Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, would someone know I was a Christian if I didn't say anything? And I think that's what we're called to be. Like I always, I'm going to end it with it today, but I always say, let your, let your walk be your talk. Let's stop talking about it. Let's be about it. Um, 15 to 30 a day, good in, bad out. I guarantee you that if you start taking 15 or 30 minutes a day, think about things you do that you waste 15 or 30 minutes a day. We all, I, I waste so much time, it's silly. If I actually could focus, I'd probably be home at 5 o'clock every day instead of 8 o'clock every day. But lately it's been because I've been sharing the word, so I, I can't complain. And I think I'm getting a little bit of a better free card from my wife, but I don't know yet. But take 15 to 30 minutes a day to worship God or honor God or talk to God or pray to God. It doesn't have to be fancy. Talk to him while you're driving around. Listen to some worship music. Listen to a sermon. Read your Bible. Really, I don't care if you don't want to accept God and you don't know God and someone just dragged you here today. Read the Bible anyway. Because how it talks about us living our lives is a really good way to live, live your life. Whether you want you to give your heart to Jesus or not. But I guarantee you this. When you start reading that word, you'll become thirsty for it. And then you want to read some more, and then you want to read some more. Heidi used to ask me what kind of Kool-Aid they served here because she couldn't understand why I took this right turn and went to God. Because I read my Bible every day. I listen to sermons every day. I'm at every prayer group. I'm at every life group. I go to other churches' life groups. I go to three or four men's groups. I just cannot get enough of the Word. But what the Word has given me is far, far better than what I let go of. But we're all afraid to let go. We don't want to let go of what we have. Remember, we're, we're all, we're all, I think this is the next slide, Ashley. Nope. Oh, this is a cool picture. This is about being, <laughs> I don't know how that got in there. You know what? Think about this. Everything you have today is what you wanted yesterday. Right? So everything you want now is going to be what you wanted yesterday one day, and you're going to keep wanting more.
And you're going to keep wanting more. You're going to keep wanting more. We're all insatiable. We don't, we don't know what we want. I got to tell you, I don't want anything. What I, the grace that I've been given by God, I don't want anything. I have everything I need. None of it matters. It's just stuff. We talked about the fire I had. The firemen were blown away how calm and cool I was about everything. Like, man, it's just stuff. It really doesn't matter. It's a bunch of stuff. We talk about being uncomfortable. I really get uncomfortable. Uh, oh, I started talking about VAR. My ADD kicked in. Uh, being uncomfortable. This guy goes out and corners people about God in a way that blows me away. I've never seen anyone get unhappy with him. I've seen so many people made uncomfortable and make them really think about their relationship with God, make them really question where they are. He has uh, uh, boxes and good seats at all the arenas, at all the fields for his business. But what he does at every game is he goes out and he finds a family that's in the nosebleed, and he puts them in the best seat in the house. And then he tells them, hey, at whether it's the seventh inning stretch, halftime, whatever it is, here's a pass. Why don't you come up to my box and have a meal with us? And when they come up to the box, whoever's there, we end up sharing a word with them. And he asked them, you know, do you know Jesus? Do you know God? And he talks to them about what a gift he gave them. Was that a gift to them? And they always say, oh, well, of course. I don't, you know, I saw one family one day tell them, I don't think we could have ever seen a game behind home plate. And he goes, yeah, but the gift I want to give you is the gift of Jesus. That's why I invited you here. And you know what you have to do for it? What do we have to do for it? Nothing. Just give it up to God, accept him into your heart, and the grace that he'll put upon you is free. We don't have to do anything. But this guy makes people so uncomfortable. This past, what was it, Tuesday? Saturday? Saturday? One night recently, (laughs) uh, two, three days ago, whatever it was, we went to Staples Center. Bar invited us to Staples Center. When I got there, someone said, oh, I didn't realize you were such a huge Clippers fan. I said, I'm not. I came to see VAR. And normally there's a couple pastors in the room. There's always people of God in the room. And I look forward to those conversations. I look forward to sharing what's going on. Well, VAR gets a couple. He's, there's always, him and his boys are down at San Clemente Pier, passing out tags his boys have made, telling people about God, sharing the word with people. And he makes me uncomfortable. Because he calls me out all the time. You know, he'll say, hey, Ed, you ever read John? And I go, yeah. And then he'll drop some question on me, and it's like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. He, puts me, he makes me uncomfortable all the time. But he really makes me think about it. He makes me think about God. He makes me think about it. Well, we went walking around Staples Center, and he had a stack of Target cards with him. And he's walking around. You would never know this guy had a nickel. And he's obviously got a lot of money. But he's walking around and randomly goes to people, hey, I have a gift for you. And he hands them a a Target card. Well, when we left the suite, he goes, hey, boys, let's go share the word. And uh, asked me to go. I said, sure, I'll go with you. And I said, Var, what is your plan? He goes, I don't have a plan. He goes, let's walk around and see who God tells us to talk to. Like, okay. So we all walk behind him. And he decides who we're going to talk to and gives him a gift card. And it was amazing the response of people because everybody will take the gift card. And then he goes, you know the real gift I want to give you? And he gets started. And he's animated. And 
he's got verses on the Bible, and he's showing them all these things. And this one happened to be Catholics. I think that we hit every Catholic in Staples Center. <laughs> but um, he's talking to them about ideology. And then he's pulling up things on his phone about ideology, and I'm waiting for one of them to get upset. Whenever I go back east, I talk to a lot of angry Catholics. It's a crack up. But I'm waiting for one of them to get mad. Everyone's very receptive. And then we share the word with them, and then we pray with them, and go on to the next one. And the funny thing is how the Bible and everything always repeats itself. Because if you ever notice the stuff John talks about, somewhere along the week, the following week, it comes up. And it's almost like that seed was planted, you know. We go up to a group of people that work at Staples Center. One of them knows him because he's there all the time. And he gives them all uh, Target cards, the last ones we had. And he goes, hey, uh, this is a gift for you, blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, I really want to give you a gift, right? So he starts sharing the word with this group of people. Well, two of them say, oh, my father's a pastor. I grew up in the church. So every verse that... Var put out, he knew. And then Var asked him, what do you have to do to receive this gift? He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't have to do anything. He knew every verse in the Bible. He grew up in the church. But he grew up in the church, knew every verse in the Bible, but wasn't in the Bible, if you know what I'm saying. You understand where I'm going with this? We show up every week. A lot of us show up every week. We punch our clock like John talks about, but we never really open up our hearts to what's in the Bible. Um, getting close to wrapping this up for you guys. Uncomfortable. This church is in Connecticut. I stayed at a buddy of mine's house. where We've been blessed by God. We're opening an office in Connecticut. This church had been on its way down. It was built in the 1600s. And... I've been excited about this church for one reason or another for the last eight years. Even before coming into this walk with God, something was drawing me into this church, and now I knew it was God. Well, I went to this church, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Really cool-looking little church. I don't know which way. Where do I point this? Really nice church inside. It was a very, it was a very high relationship church similar to ours there was only I sat down in front and had got there early so I could talk to the pastor and everything but stayed pretty much quiet which some of you may find hard to believe <laughs> so because I just wanted to observe what happened in this church and quite honestly there was a vibe in there that I felt a little uncomfortable which is odd for me I'm seems like I'm at home everywhere I go the um the service starts I had moved into the back of the church because I noticed everybody had their spots, and I didn't want to be in someone's spot. Well, this church was, it was kind of a, a Pentecostal, Catholic. It was like a, like they pulled everything that they all did together, and this is how they did their service. Kind of started out like a Catholic service. Then it reminded me of a Protestant service in a church I went to, and I was like, this is a trip. And I'm sitting in the back experiencing this thing, but man, you could feel the spirit in a church like ours. So the uncomfortableness started going away a little bit. Well, by the end of the service, the pastor took 15 minutes. He did a service like we, we do, and it was the most incredible experience, but it started out so uncomfortable because I really didn't feel like I belonged there, but it really opened my eyes to what John always preaches about, the church being the church, and we're all the same church. 
Because after the service, I went up to speak to the elders and uh, some of the people who hung around after we went down in the basement and had coffee. And then we had church down there. And it was incredible because I was sharing with them what's going on here. They were sharing with me the revival that's going on there. And we were in the same, we were talking about the same things. We were having the same services. And it, it literally felt like I was at home in the basement of this church that 35 minutes ago, I, I felt so uncomfortable and out of place there. And I say that because we need to call ourselves out to be uncomfortable. If you, if you get into your word and you start keeping track of what you're doing, it's going to be uncomfortable. You start sharing. I have a gift of evangelism. I go talk to anybody. I don't have any problem talking to anybody. But we all have a different role. Some of us water the seed. Some of us spread the seed. Some of us plant the seed. But just let your walk with God talk to people. If you open up your heart and let God in, this is my favorite verse in the Bible. Uh, Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Jesus Christ. I can, I can only attest to you that he is there for you. He's never going to let you down. If you take that inclination that you always walk past and go, oh, I should have said something. Start saying it. Because it's uncomfortable, but he's asked you to be uncomfortable. So I know John's going to get into a whole series on uncomfortable. Um, we are the church. That's what I'm all leading into. We're all the church. Uh, Philippians 2, 2, 5. Have the attitude of Christ. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude as Jesus Christ had. Let your walk be your talk. Let God in. Let go. And I promise you, it'll be amazing. Um, I want to remind everybody before we have communion today about we're having an uncomfortable barbecue. <laughs> so I didn't get as aggressive as I wanted to. I really was hoping to really make somebody uncomfortable today, but God took over and it, I didn't go where I wanted to go. Anyone who's in a church a long time, when, we, when I joined the men's group, I was cussing at everybody, yelling at everybody. It was really all over the top. And, and John told me, just keep letting it out. But for those of you who have been around, it's interesting when you do open up, let that bad out and let the good in, what happens? Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.